You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Earth Station One. Hope everyone is safe and doing okay with quarantine because I think almost the whole world is there right now. And if you're not, it is coming your way. Trust us, folks. It is happening. And we were planning on actually doing the live action Mulan this week, but Disney decided to pull it from the theaters. And since there are no movie theaters here, at least in the United States right now, with the closures and everything, we decided, you know, some of us haven't seen Mulan or it's been a while since we saw it. So we did a refresher. and We actually watched the original animated version from 1998. So it was actually pretty awesome to be able to watch it. And we got some great people to talk all about it. And this man is my Mushu to, you know, better than anything else I could have ever expected. Let's say hey to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you, my friend? Hichikin or it, Mushukin? Mushukin. Little, you know, spits of fire coming out of here. You know? Huh. So it's pretty awesome. You know, ha- have you seen this movie before? No, I've never, uh, until we uh, decided to do this, uh, I hadn't seen Mulan, the animated one yet. Oh, cool. So I'm not the only one. So I don't feel so bad. That's pretty awesome. Because, yeah, this was my first time also. So it it was one of those, because I usually see most Disney films, but this one just fell through the cracks. But we'll talk all about that in a few minutes when we have everybody else with us. But, you know, we got a lot to talk about and hope everyone is doing okay and safe with their families or safe with their loved ones. And, you know, just trying to make it through. And, you know, Definitely would love to hear from you guys. We really would. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com. Let us know how you guys are doing. You know, just let you know, you guys know we're here for you. We're thinking about all you guys at home. You know, we're, you know, going to continue to do the podcast weekly and we're just going to keep on going and going. And, you know, hopefully it's putting a little bit of bright light into your faces and such. We hope at least. Fingers crossed. Maybe. So it's pretty awesome that we're able to see our friends, be able to talk to people. I think in some ways the communications with a lot of people have gotten better since they're all at home now (laughs) for most people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's uh, one way to look at it. I'm trying to be, you know, a little Pollyanna maybe, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see that, you know, we had, you know, what's going on with, some of the, you know, what's going on with the world around us and, you know, such like that. And it's almost like we've had to adjust to a whole new way of living, you know, being stuck at home, especially, you know, a lot of the introverts out there are probably like going, yeah, bring it on. I'm ready. This is great. But then there's some of us who are a little more extroverted and always used to doing something. It's a little strange. It's like a whole new world and such. Mikey, are you doing, how are you doing with this? Well, you know, just as well as uh, everybody, I guess, you know, I mean, um, I'm, uh, 
you know, I'm sort of uh, like many people, I am not working from home. So, uh, so lots of time on my hands. Uh, it must be, uh, you know, uh, Michelle is working from home. So it's very odd uh, to, to, for her, you know, because she has to work still and yet be at home. Whereas I don't have to work um, and I'm at home. So to me, it's just a very long weekend uh, so far. And for her, it's like she still has to do, and for you as well, I would imagine you still have to do work, but you just have to do it from home. Well, exactly. And I'm equipped where I, at my office here, um, to work from home. And so it wasn't that big of a transition for me, at least. And you know, I've used to come home and work from home two days a week for my current job. And, you know, now it's every day. Our company's now closed indefinitely until, you know, things get better. And we're basically a hundred, all employees, even people who are used to being in the office all the time are now f- having to be at home. And, you know, it's just, it's just, getting used to it and everything but you know i'm talking to my coworkers over you know either over instant messenger or over slack or you know things like that and or we're having zoom meetings and you know when someone was like hey do you know how to use zoom and it's like hey i do a podcast on zoom it's awesome it's easy so it was a little bit of a, a way to do it and you know i'm actually enjoying being at home Judy's actually shocked how much I'm enjoying being home all the time. She's like, I thought you'd be climbing the walls by now. It's like, no, I'm good. It's, it's all good. You know, I've done projects around the house. I've, you know, done some, you know, yard work, but I've done that. And, you know, just getting caught up on TV shows and movies, but you know, from nine to five, I'm still doing my regular job too. So and then, you know, in the evening, some podcasting and doing some other stuff with Judy or, you know, talking to friends and stuff like that. So it's not all that different. But, you know, it's interesting because I did take a ride on Saturday and, you know, because Judy's now has to work and she's doing retail and the store's open. And so it's, you know, she has to be you know, at different times. So on the weekends, I'll drive her to work and such and take her, you know, take the car and stuff. So I didn't feel like going back home right away. And I decided to go check out and pick up my stuff from down in Titans for my subscription. And they had the option, I called them and they have the option of either bringing it out to the car and do curbside pickup or the store's still open for you to go in, but they're only letting a few people in the store at a time. So it's it's interesting with that. So yeah, it's interesting. That was just Saturday because both of my both of my comic stores are closed. Yeah, Titan is still open, and they haven't had gotten the order that they've had to close down or anything like that. And you know, of course, this last week was the last week of new comics coming in too, with Diamond stopping the shipping and everything. Yep. And so it's, you know, so they said, you're not going to get any new subscriptions and stuff. So, you know, while I was there to help support them, you know, I picked up my box worth of stuff. And I didn't even know you were still getting comics. I'm still getting Legion and Superman right now. Hmm. And then I also picked up uh, the Wonder Woman anniversary issue that they just did. Mm-hmm. And the Flash one. 
And so I, you know, wanted to help support them. And then I picked up a trade and a pop figure. So, you know, it was cool. Can't go anywhere without picking up the pop figure. No, I can't. I, you know, it's my guilty charm. What can I say? And so they basically, you know, the guy, um, it wasn't even Mike who was there. It was uh, Jay. And he was just like saying, business has been really, really slow. And, but they're staying open and their hours are cut down like everybody else's. And, you know, they still, they don't do gaming there anymore. And, you know, they've cut that out and they're trying to keep everyone safe. So, so it's pretty cool. That's the, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of us are dealing with um, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, uh, most of my, like I said, um, I, the last time I left the house was last week when I went grocery shopping and, mm-hmm. uh, and then I had to go to the vet and then I went to the comic shops, my two comic shops, just to, just to pick up my last sort of new order and to see how they were doing. And both uh-huh. of them were, were, you know, doing at that point, at that time they were doing curbside and mail order. Um, now I think, uh, at least one of them is still doing mail order. If you want something, um, they'll, they'll help that help you out and mail it to you. Uh, the others just shut and, uh, for a while. So, so yeah, that's what it's like. And yeah, but you know, it's weird because otherwise, you know, traffic wise and everything, I, I wouldn't have known that anything was any different. Uh, there's plenty of people on the streets uh there's plenty of people in cars there's plenty of people and i was just sort of like you know the drive-throughs had like lines at them uh so uh, everybody's using the drive-through to to get their food um but uh yeah the traffic was i mean it wasn't heavy heavy but it was still a lot it wasn't like dead by any means i mean we're no uh you know we're not in the the walking dead uh era yet not yet not yet, but yeah, it's interesting because I know up in North Georgia, um, people moved the barricades over the weekend because it was such a nice weekend here at the parks and they started, you know, people were parking in there and they were doing the hiking trails and everything. And the police started towing the cars out of there while the people were out on the trails. And these are in the middle of the mountains and such, you know, people just don't want to be bottled up. And, you know, I don't know if these people are not taking it seriously or what, and it's just, it's just craziness. Yeah. I mean, people got to take it seriously. I mean, we're not even, we're just in the beginning of this. Oh, I know. Uh, and depending on how things go and how smart people are going to be uh, cooperating, um, you know, it, it's all a factor of well, how long this is going to last. Um, if you still have people that are, are doing all that sort of thing and, and still, you know, being in positions where this thing's going to spread, it's, you know, it's going to go on even longer well, and it's exactly. going to get harder. I mean, I know some places have a curfew, yes. uh, which is just weird to me. Um, uh, but I don't think we want, you know, I don't want to get too political, but I, I just don't think we want to be in a position where we're in sort of a police state, you know? No, and I don't think that's political at all. I agree completely with that. And I think, you know, we want this done as quickly as possible. 
and I'm not even saying from a podcast, you know, running a show where we're doing pop culture and everything. It's been pure hell with our schedule, with them canceling all these movies and such. Yes and no. I mean, it's amazing to me that, you know, pop culture still thrives, um, you know, um, because everybody's at home. Everybody's binge watching stuff. Everybody's got the streaming stuff, uh, you know, so everybody's watching, you know, I mean, uh, the big, of course, you know, the big thing is Tiger King uh, and, and Netflix, which I'm staying the hell away from. Uh, <laughs> it's, our, it's on our list. We're going to watch it. I'm not interested in watching that at all. Um, uh, it's defamation of, of a character of a person that uh, uh, I actually kind of respect. So uh, I'm just, I, I don't want anything to do with it. Um, but, um, uh, you know, um, but it, it's crazy. Uh, and then of course, you know, I think uh, it helped a lot of ways. It helped CBS access with Picard. I think a lot of people were watching it anyway, but uh, you know, towards the finale, everybody's stuck at home. Then CBS drops the, the whole, like um, uh, the notion that, uh, well, it, it has a promotion, drops the promotion that uh, you get a free month for free uh, or the first month is for free. So, um, so yeah, I mean, who's not going to take advantage of that? And uh, I did. Um, so uh, I ended up watching Picard uh, probably watch twilight zone and then I'll probably tap out of CBS um, after that, um, I don't see anything else that's really of interest there for me. Are you going to watch Discovery? And... No, not at all. No. no, no. I gave that a chance, and I've already spoken my two bits on that. I don't care for it. So okay, that's totally fair. Uh, I did. Uh, I did enjoy overall Picard. Uh, I've got some uh, issues with it, but uh, overall, it's great seeing Patrick Stewart reprise the role and uh, and Seven of Nine and and some other familiar faces. And the plot wasn't terrible, um, so uh, it was fun. Uh, I don't think it went on too long. Uh, I know some people have complained that it was uh, stretched out, but I thought you know ten episodes was fine, um, and uh, it was enjoyable. So that's totally fair. That's so what cool. uh, what are, what are you binging? Binging right now, we're still in, uh, of course, Breaking Bad. Gotcha. And we are halfway now done with season five, which is the final season. And so we're doing we're doing that right now. We're also watching. Uh, of course, we're finishing up the Great British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. We've actually been going backwards on that season wise, and so we're down to season one. So we're in the final season of that. Uh, I do want, we're also binge watching, of course, uh, we've actually started, we've been watching Outlander, the new season, mm-hmm. and we're also watching, uh, we've started Westworld last night. Woohoo, Westworld, three episodes in. Yep, we watched the first two, and so it is pretty damn amazing, and it's everything I was hoping with, very Blade Runner-y is what I'm feeling, <laughs> very, very Blade Runner. There's a bit of that, sure. And so, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm loving a lot of it and it's, it's, it's good. And I hope they have a direction they want to go to into this time. If well, that, they had a direction last time. Yeah. You but, might not like that direction, I, but they I, had a direction. I, I, did, I didn't like the direction they went. I know. I know. 
And we've talked yeah. about that a few different times. Yeah, 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 sure. And we'll, um, I think we've, have we added that to our schedule that we're going to review that when it's done? Yes, we are going to, unless, you know, for some reason the season's not finished or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, because a lot of shows are still kind of had to halt production. Yes. So, um, and I don't know what the, you know, what that's going to look like. So, you know, a lot of these shows I was watching them uh, may not, uh, may not finish uh in a uh at least this spring um you know a jury's still out on exactly when everything's going to happen but um yeah that's that's kind of frightening you know if you know the season's going to finish properly or what's going to happen and i'm looking forward to seeing if you know for different shows because i know shows like flash had to stop production before the final was done um, some of the other CW shows also, I think, I know legends of tomorrow is all filmed and they're going to, yeah, I think they're done. Yeah. Yeah. And I know black lightning finished their season already. Yeah. They're done. So, you know, there is a lot of that, but I know some other shows that were, we watch and such is not, um, on the, has not gotten done finished, but, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, I don't know where Supergirl is in the production. I think they had to stop also. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not as up to date on all that, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens, and you know when when it's done, it's done, and you know hopefully we'll be you know in a new world where we'll be happy and joyful and hi everybody, <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's it's affected a lot of people and a lot of, I know a lot of friends have lost their, um, that they can't go to, you know, their jobs anymore, that they've been let go or, well, not, if not laid off or they've been furloughed or, you know, there's so much people, you know, hopefully they'll be able to come back, but it's pretty damn scary. Let's yeah, go. it's scary. There's a lot of, and there's a lot of bad stuff out there, but I also want to reiterate, I've said this before on, I, on I, I think our shows, but just want to reiterate that even though, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, bad stuff out there and, and misinformation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I do find that overall, uh, at least as far as my uh, followers and feed goes with social media, um everybody's been like for the most part there's just a lot of positive energy out there Uh, There, a lot of people there definitely has a lot of people doing like really cool things uh to entertain uh themselves or uh others um a lot of people a lot of artists offering um uh, deals on on and exclusive items and uh personal uh, commissions, et cetera, et cetera, because uh, a lot of them are um, in a position where, yeah, they've lost their livelihood for a while as well. Mus- musicians as well, but there's a lot of like really cool stuff happening online as well. So it's, it's almost like overwhelming how much content is out there. Uh, I actually, uh, Michelle and I completely missed the um, Elton John concert last night. Oh, I know. I watched bits of it and it was wonderful. And, uh, you know, I'm not a fan I hope they of re-air it because or I'm sure show it somehow because it's I'm, like I, I'd like to see it. it. I'm sure you could find it on YouTube or one of the streaming services. Probably has it. 
and I've been loving it. I've been listening to um, a lot of concerts. You know, people have been doing stuff from their houses and everything. Exactly. One of my favorite artists, uh, Ben Folds, is doing a free concert once a week from his apartment in Sydney because he got stuck down there. He was on tour of Australia. Mm. And, you know, all the flights have been canceled from Sydney to the United States. So he had to rent an apartment for three months in Sydney. And while he's down there, he's doing a free show on Saturday nights, our time, and Sunday morning, his time. And he's taking requests from people and stuff like that. And it's all, it was through, originally through his Patreon. And, but he's opened it up to the general public that anyone could see it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's it's so you get this sort of intimate view now at uh, at at entertainers that we hadn't had much. I mean, we've got kind of got a glimpse of before, but now it's really. I mean, you know, we're seeing so many folks from their you know posting and and you know, performing or whatever from their living rooms or from their bedrooms or whatever, and it's like, oh, okay, this is this is what they you know, and some of them are not all made up and uh, <laughs> and looking all purty. Um, but, uh, they're still out there doing what they do. And, uh, um, yeah, it's incredible. It's like, you know, there's so many, there's so many people doing so much of that stuff. It's, it's almost, like I said, overwhelming. Cause it's like, ah, I know I want to listen to that. I want to listen to this. I want to see that. I want to, you know. Yeah. I know also with like a lot of the cons that have been canceled and everything, there is this awesome thing that somebody brainstormed on and put it up on Facebook and it's grown hair. It's called Consolation. Mm. And basically Consolation 2020. It's a online Facebook Comic-Con type thing. And it's all these different things and people are constantly posting it. Um, They are basically talking, you know, people are posting, there's going to be a showing of, blah, blah, blah movie in the next 20 minutes, you know, or the costume contest. And it's just people having fun with it. And it's just a way to lighten the mood a little bit and everything. Facebook a lot of times is a huge wasteland, but I thought this was quite humorous. Yeah. I mean, there, like I said, it, I guess it just depends on, you know, uh, who's, who you've got around you in social media wise, but uh, certainly I, I think the, it's more positive than negative right now um and uh that's good to see i I just it's really encouraging Mm -hmm. exactly and if we can get some good positivity into the world i think it's a great thing like we said we'd love to hear from you guys we would definitely want to know how you guys are doing or what are you guys doing to pass the time suggest stuff for mike and i to binge watch we would love to hear that type of stuff we're always open to new suggestions you know I know there's so many new things out there, new shows and everything. And it's just, it's so much fun to be able to share it with people. You could even do watch parties and stuff like that. I know a lot of people are doing, but please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com. Let's take a quick break and we are going to be back with Mulan. On a warm summer's eve, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the dark. Hey everybody, this is Michelle from the undisclosed quarantine location of the Iconic Rock Talk Show. I apologize, 
I have some allergies. It is, I don't think it's coronavirus. It's just pine pollen in the air. So bear with me on that. Um, of course, today we have to say uh, a sad but fond farewell to a country and pop legend. Of course, Kenny Rogers, who passed away this past weekend at the age of 81. Um, he was in the Country Music Hall of Fame, which that's saying a lot. It is very difficult to get into the country hall, and a lot of legendary artists that would surprise you are not in it. So that's an accomplishment. Um, his songs got three Grammy Awards, he got six CMAs, and sold more than 50 million albums in the U.S. Tells you what a larger-than-life figure he was. And he was the first um, pop genre kind of performer that I ever saw live because he opened for the Captain and Tennille at the RK Orpheum Theater in Davenport, Iowa, which kind of tells you what year that was. And I can tell you he was mesmerizing larger than life even then. So uh, Godspeed to Kenny Rogers. And since we are all self-isolating, socially distancing, we are, aren't we? Um, we're getting a little stir crazy maybe and looking for something to do and if you're looking for some sources of live music there are some places online where you can go um pastemagazine.com um if you click at the top on the toolbar the day trotter sessions are intimate um uh sessions that are recorded in a very small room exclusively for paste magazine um also on their homepage, they have something called the Music from Home series with 10 curated um, concerts every week that they change out. Uh, this week, Allman Brothers, Louis Armstrong, Peter Frampton, Santana, Chicago, Grateful Dead, Prince, Grace Vanderwall, First Aid Kit, and Vintage Trouble. Um, also, if you just type in their, in their search bar, uh, any artist, you will almost for sure come away with a bunch of vintage shows by that artist. Very worth checking out. Um, also at consequenceofsound.net, uh, if you click on live streams, you'll find um, an updated list of virtual concerts to watch. And at billboard.com, they have a list and they um, update the, uh, the Instagram uh, appearances. There's a lot of artists doing stuff on Instagram, but you have to know when it happens. So it's worth checking out Billboard to see if they've updated that list. Uh, this has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. The blog is iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com, and I've just updated it with um, the longest blog post I have ever written. Um, it's a celebration of the life of a journalist named Jane Scott. If you are from Cleveland, you know who I am talking about. Um, if you don't, you really need to find out who she was and why she mattered uh, so much in the history of rock and roll. Um, that is all for this week, and we will catch you next time. It was Sean and the podcast about mankind. The Soul Forge podcast was a dream given form. Its goal? To prevent fear by creating a place where humans and aliens could work out their differences peacefully. It's a pod for all, with topics including love, loss, sex, dating, and so much more. Humans and aliens wrapped in the ESO network all alone in the night. It can be a dangerous place, but it's our last best hope for peace. The year is 2020. The name of the place, Soulforge Podcast.
I've heard a great deal about you, Mulan. You took your father's armor. Yeah. Ran away from home. Impersonated a soldier. Endangered the lives of thousands of men. And destroyed my palace. But soon the world will know the great things you have done. The greatest gift and honor is having you for a daughter. Welcome back. Now we are here to talk all about Mulan, the 1998 Disney film. Take it away, Mikey. Yeah, as uh, as Mike pointed out at the top of the show, uh, because of curtain circumstances, uh, Mulan, the live action, which is originally scheduled to be reviewed by us this week, has uh, been delayed, uh, rescheduled, so to speak. Uh, and so we decided we would still go ahead and uh, review Mulan. Uh, but uh, in this case, we are going back to the 1998, 22 years ago. My goodness. Yeah. The uh, only other option was that we could have tried to guess what the live action was going to be like. Yeah, well, we could already review it. I mean, certain, you know, certainly we could review the new one. And that, I mean, that hasn't stopped a lot of people from posting reviews, apparently. Um, so uh, in any case, we've got our movie people here. Uh, we've got Ashley is back with us. Hello, thank you for having me back. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh and Alex too. Hi there. Hey guys, how's it going? Going good. Going good. <laughs> I mean here, you know. Sure, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, uh let's get started with the movie. Uh Alex, uh let's uh tackle this from a box office perspective how did uh mulan do in 1998 as far as was it a success where was disney at uh at the time and did they need one so uh, yeah i would i would say that at this point disney was was looking for uh another success and they got one i mean it was late 98 they were on their string of uh great disney this is towards the end of what could be considered the the Disney re-renaissance. So you had like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Mermaid, Aladdin. Beast, Aladdin, Lion right. King. Right. Uh, Mulan was coming in kind of at the tail end. Um, they were using a pattern that really worked for them uh, as far as when they released the film and what the story told. Uh, but they did take a little bit of a risk here, obviously, because uh, Mulan existed. So uh, one of the first characters that uh, Disney's done a movie about where the person lived. Um, and uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, took a lot of the, the normals from their, their, their previous trips. The movie cost $90 million to make. Uh, and it is one of the last of the true 2D animation films uh, out of the Disney camp. And it wound up making $304 million at the box office. And 98, that's pretty good. Uh, maybe worldwide, though. I should mention that. Um, my understanding was is that uh, this was also uh, the first one done almost mainly or mainly by uh, the Orlando team. 
Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So, because I think at this point, despite the success that they had, um, I think Disney was sort of restructuring their animated department. There was a lot going on with that. Obviously, um, they had inked the deal with Pixar, um, which was which came out guns blazing. Um, they had their their movies that they knew they wanted to make, uh, and the the simple fact was is that the computer animation really drew a child's eye more, and it was something that we didn't see all that much beforehand. Uh, so, because of that. I think that drew a lot more people towards uh, those films. Ashley, what about you? Where were you at uh, when this movie came out? Please say you were around. Yes, I was. I I most definitely was around. Um, (laughs) I actually have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. I remember the first time I watched it, um, probably would have been on VHS at that point. Um, with my family, my parents, my brother, my cousin, and I just loved it as a kid. Um, one of my very favorite Disney movies, probably my most favorite Disney animated movie. And so I was really excited that we were going to go back in time and watch it, especially in kind of these uncertain times. It's nice just to watch kind of like a happy classic Disney movie. And it's just a I, I think that computer animation is great. You know, P- Disney Pixar, I've done a lot of great things, but there's something special about like 2D animation, mm-hmm. just watching the beauty of the frames and the artwork. And so I just, I, I rewatched it last night. So be fresh in my mind and I'm super excited to talk about it more with you guys. Yeah. yeah Mike, uh, where were you at uh, when this movie came out in 95? I thought it came out in 95. Oh, sorry. 98. 98. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, in 98, I was, I was already probably, you know, living in Seattle and big Disney fan at this point. You know, of course I had already graduated from college and I was working as a graphic designer and, but this was pre William. So a lot of the Disney era of the late, um, nineties, I didn't go see, I didn't see Pocahontas. I didn't go see. Uh, Mulan and not until probably the next year or so once William was born in 99 I started back into the Disney with you know a new fever into it and everything yeah I'm kind of in the same realm for some reason around this time I kind of tapped out of uh, watching Disney movies as well and I I can't think of the reason Um, certainly um, uh, they seemed like they were taking more chances at this time um um making um decisions or making movies about um a more a diverse uh cast of characters mm-hmm. which i appreciated um but there's a lot of movies around this time in the 90s that uh i still have yet to see so thank goodness for disney plus yeah exactly <laughs> i you know because literally this was the first time i've seen this movie when we watched it now. Me, mine as well. Wow. Oh, wow. Well. Yep. Yeah. This is the first That's time. That's fun. Yeah. This exactly. was, this was my nephew Damon's very first uh, trip to the theater. Oh. And that was when we, uh, we invented the movie rules, uh, which was to uh, stay in your seat. Uh, do not talk during the movie. Eat your popcorn and have a good time. Okay. Uh, and we just laid those down and, the I will never forget this. I will never forget this. The the lights go down. He's 
you know, at this time he was maybe three. Um, and the lights go down and he's a little bit trepidatious because he's in a big place with a lot of people and the lights just went down. And I'm just like, Oh, let's not have a repeat of Hercules with his brother. Oof. And the first trailer comes on and it's mighty Joe young of all the things to come on screen for a child to see for the first time. A 40-foot-tall gorilla <laughs> comes on. And I'm like, well, we're in trouble here. And he just looked at the screen, and he, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. all these years later. He looks at the screen and goes, monkey. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, he sat fascinated. He just looked at his grandmother and went, that's a gorilla, Grandma. And, and went back to watching the movie. He loved it. Yeah, I, don't, I think he loved it because it was part of the rules. Um, but my nephews never hated a movie that they went to because of the movie rules. I love that about them. But oh, this was awesome. this was this was this was Damon's uh, first movie, and so it'll always have uh, that connection with me. So that's, that's really cool. cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, as far as the movie itself, um, Ashley, uh, I know that uh, nostalgia plays a big part of it. But uh, where do you stand on, on on an overview on how you feel about the movie? Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's really fun. It has a cool cast of characters, um, some great music. Um, I'm pretty sure I've had the song, uh, like, I'll Make a Man Out of You, stuck in my head since I saw the movie 22 years ago. So <laughs> um, it's got some fun action sequences. It's just a really great example, I think, of those movies in the Disney Renaissance era. Like, it has good music, good art, um, some good humor, some good side characters. I'm pretty sure that. Um, potentially one drawback you could say about it is that it's probably not the most historically accurate of movies. So I am. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like all the Disney ones. Are. Yes. So yeah. I yeah, am. It's, it, yeah. The historical accuracy of Pocahontas. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, yeah. it's really more of, I would say a fantasy inspired by some of um, this history, but I am really curious when we hopefully do get to see the live action version before too long, how that, might compare and contrast in terms of accuracy but um it is it is a fun movie a great one to watch on uh disney plus and it's nice it's a short movie too i'm so used to watching like all these big star wars and marvel movies and it's like it's over and it's it's that was it so <laughs> but yeah definitely a, a fun one to watch with the, with the family if you're stuck at home as we probably all are right now it was like 96 minutes or something like that. Yeah. It long yeah it's, it's a, it's a real short one. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's safe to say it's half the, uh, it's half any of the last few uh, Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> so. You could probably watch Mulan three times in the times you could watch in game. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it's, but by that same token, I think it's, uh, wasn't Incredibles two, like almost two and a half. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to think about, you know, that aspect that, that, you know, you could, you could lock 45 minutes off of Incredibles and still fit all of Mulan uh, in there is, is kind of crazy. And I, I think that's an advantage sometimes um, for, especially for movie theaters, because if the movie's 90 minutes, that gives them 30 minutes to clean the theater and get it set for the next group. So you can literally be showing it every two hours in one, on one screen. Uh, which gives you five or six showings in a day 
as opposed to maybe four or five. Yeah, makes a big difference. It's a huge difference. So, what do you what do you think of the movie, Alex? Um, so I had not seen it since my original trip. So watching it this weekend was very interesting. Um, watched it on my computer as opposed to on the big screen. Uh, thank you, Disney Plus. And um, it's it's a good story, and I love uh, one of the great characteristics of uh, the Mulan of, of Mulan um, was that she was like a natural born strategist, which doesn't get talked about a whole lot. Uh, or even when talking about the movie, I think a lot of people just go the meme route and, and you know make a man out of you. Um, but one of the things that really struck me was like there's a sequence where they're they're going into battle. And she sees that they can either kill, they can either stop the main villain or they can take out the entire army. And she comes up with a strategy to take out the entire army. And I thought that was a brilliant sequence. Um, And and it was like, okay, that's the kind of hero that we should be seeing. That's a powerful female character that that we can get into. I will say that I don't think time and history have been very kind to the Mushu character. Um, I kind of felt like, you know, in watching it, when I, when I watched it the first time, I was like, okay, it's Eddie Murphy doing, doing dragon character. All right. So there's probably some ad living in there. Watching it this time could not help but sit there and go, they got a low rent Robin Williams on this one. And it was just a case of, we need a big name. Let's put Eddie Murphy in this film. And there are moments where he feels out of place. Well, yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to say low rent because I think Eddie does as best as he can. Yeah. Um, And obviously, you know, to see him like, you know, in a similar vein, when he does the voice of donkey and Shrek, he's amazing. Yeah. Like that's an amazing performance and amazing character. I don't think it, it feels out of sorts in this because it just seems like they were going for a name rather than something that would have more organically fit. Yeah. There, mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of substance uh, to his character. And there are just moments where it feels like it's forced. You just don't expect an Asian symbol to speak like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> like, like it, it's kind of jarring, you know? Yeah. Um, I get it. You know, you want to make it sort of uh, acceptable or, you know, available to a lot of people, but it seems like it's a weird sort of mad, like it just didn't, didn't work for me on that front. Um, Where it worked two years later in Shrek when he was a donkey. That's what I said. Yeah, exactly. Like you were, I was confirming what you said. Yeah, yeah. But but and with but with agreed. donkey, Not, you have a more developed character too. Exactly. Oh god, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it just felt like a better character. I mean, not to say that. Um, no, Mushu yeah. felt like he was just forced in there. Yeah, I mean, I can, and that's the thing. I could kind of see what they were going for. I was like, oh, they're. I, I just recognized it right away. They're they're like someone said, we need a character like 
like Aladdin in this. We need a character, like we need a comedic character, a Disney character. A marketable character. Exactly, a marketable character, exactly, that we need. And it just seemed kind of shoehorned in it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you uh, look at the Disney movies of that era, they did that with almost all of them. No, no, I'm not saying it's an exception. It's actually the rule. Yeah, it's it's the standard more than anything else. Disney, Disney, especially during that era, like they're just, you know, when you have a hit, you just keep Mm-hmm. Like using the same formula. Same formula, exactly. It's like, yeah. why change it if it still works, right? And it does work to an extent. It's not completely awful. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't feel that in this movie, but I did feel that it's funny because for the, I, I didn't know who was. I was watching this. I didn't know who was doing voices of what. Mm-hmm. I purposefully didn't look at the cast just to see if I could pick it up. And for the first few minutes, once uh, he's introduced, I kind of thought, I'm like, who is that? I'm like, man, it sounds like someone's doing a really kind of bad Eddie Murphy impression. And I'm like, oh, that's Eddie Murphy. <laughs> and Eddie you're Murphy? right. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> that's, but that's the problem is that it was Eddie Murphy doing yes. a bad Eddie Murphy impression. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Um, so, so, Mike, what about you? What did you feel overall about the movie? Overall... Um, I actually, before I watched the movie, I did some research on it a little bit and to find out the history, because I knew it was based off of a real character. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed the movie immensely. I thought it was a lot of fun and very formulaic for Disney. But, you know, I, the bad guy kind of was like, I was expecting it to more, if, you know, to be, you know, like Attila the Hun or something like that instead of the character that it was. But I don't know why they did that or not. But I thought it was interesting. I loved the character of Mulan. She was wonderful. And I loved, I was doing the same thing you did, uh, not seeing who was in it and seeing whose voices I recognized and everything in the movie. And, you know, like George Takei. And... That's pretty, that's that's in your face. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Judy, <laughs> did, Judy didn't get it. And I said, oh, you know who that is? And she said, who? And I went, oh, my. You know? <laughs> and she was like, oh, you know. Michelle was in the next room and she's like, I know that voice. Exactly. Uh... <laughs> or it was also what Pat Morita was in yeah. it. And, you know, and there was just so many familiar voices. And I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the music was awesome. I thought the music matched up close to Lion King for me. It was some mm-hmm. very memorable songs in this one. And where when I saw finally saw uh I almost said Pocahontas, sorry, Pocahontas. Wow. And um I don't remember <laughs> I, I couldn't you know I, how you feel about that one. I couldn't remember a single song from that movie and or anything. I and still haven't seen that one. You get Colors of the Wind, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, it's just, you know, even Hercules had better songs than, you know, Pocahontas, you know. And so it was just, this movie was great. Um, I liked, you know, I loved how the character transitioned, how she wouldn't quit. And I just, I just liked it. And like you said, she was a natural born strategist and mm-hmm. she knew to, instead of taking out the army and wasting that last bomb, basically using it to take out the army with the avalanche. Yeah. That was just awesome. That was a cool shot. Yeah. 
I uh, I enjoyed the movie uh, quite a bit. Um, I was surprised at how short it was. Um, and I think it actually, I kind of think it should have been longer. Um, I could have used a lot more character development. Um, I like the character of Milan, but I think she's really like uh, underserved. Uh, I love the scene where she, you're right. She's a great strategist. The fact that she's a natural born strategist, maybe, but we don't see that until that moment. Um, I kind of wish we'd seen her be more capable before then. Uh, because, you know, she's, she's just clumsy. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, she decides to, uh, you know, stick with the, the fighting, uh, stick with the army. Um, and, uh, cause she has the option to be sent home, but instead she's sent, you know, she climbs up the, the pole and, and, and from then on, everybody can fight and she's all of a sudden a strategist and i'm just like when did this happen so i, I kind of wish that we'd seen uh because the original uh my understanding is the original legend of milan is that she was a capable more than capable fighter before she even like you know went to join the army so like i like the idea that she would have been more capable of doing things rather than just kind of thrown into it um uh and uh but i i did like um i know that uh i watched some of the behind the scenes stuff because thank you disney plus for putting the bonus material on there right yep um yeah. and uh they said originally the way the start it was going to start was they were going to have her be betrothed to somebody um but then they realized that from a character perspective that made her more selfish to break out of that role instead of uh you know do this for her family and her father's sake and i i'm glad that that decision was made uh, yeah it was they, very brave of them not to have her betrothed <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um i got that i think we all did we ever <laughs> oh, that? that took me a minute but i i'm tracking i'm tracking <laughs> Ooh, uh, <laughs> um but I, I appreciate, uh, I think the, for me, and the songs to me were okay. Um, I don't think they, they stood out to me as much. Uh, but uh, to me, the highlight um, was the animation. The animation is gorgeous. Uh, you know, to see Disney's take on, on this sort of Asian aesthetic mm -hmm. is really beautiful. Um, the, the, the opening sequence uh with the um with the the huns right um attacking the wall was almost terrifying mm -hmm. <laughs> i was like i was like how dark is this going to be like i yeah i was really wondering um and it seems like right before he's about to kill someone that's when they cut so. yeah but there definitely are some darker moments. Yes, there are. In this movie, especially oh, when they ask, so. like, how many men does it take to deliver a message? And as a kid, like, I didn't get that because it just cuts away. But, like, rewatching as an adult, you're like, ooh. The he, fact he that be... they – sorry. Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say the fact that they have a song that does not end. Yeah. Because they get to a village that's been burned to the ground and everyone's been slaughtered mm, and yeah, it's that, a happy-go-lucky song and then it's, it just, it's a very happy-go-lucky it just stops I yeah mean, that abruptly is, that might be one of the most effective things i've one of the most effective things i've ever seen in this movie i just don't like, remember that 
Yeah, I don't remember that from the first time I saw it. But man, when I saw it on on, on here, I literally got chills. They're just like, we're going to war. We're going to war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Like, yeah, I'm oh, doing this for a gal back home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh that was striking. Um and I I do think um the uh the the villain I'm trying to remember is that is Chun it Yu. is it Chun Yu? Yeah. Yeah. Uh could have been developed better. Uh he's just this force which he looks great. I mean, looks fantastic. Uh, like, uh, you know, put him up there with all the Disney bad guys. He didn't really but need fangs, though. I'm sorry. Those <laughs> eyes. Yeah. Eyes oh, the eyes were amazing. Eyes. Uh, the bonus yeah. material, they reveal that there was supposed to be a connection between him and the bird that was a little bit more mystical. I wish they'd right. gone with that mm. and had a little bit more. The live yeah. action does go with that. Um, yeah. With the live action, his uh, number two is a witch woman who turns into a bird or oh, nice. something like that. Yeah. Um, That's cool. So- that's where they're going with that. Who, of course, that's which makes me just laugh at the whole. We're not putting Mushu in the movie because we want to make it more authentic. <laughs> well, uh, you know, um, and I and I think also uh, the live action from what I saw from the trailers, live action also uh, she can fight before she joins. Yeah, she's got yeah. skills. Uh, so that that is going to be interesting to see that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the story's good. Um, the you know you get a little emotional at the end i mean it's it, all the feels are there uh the I, animated aesthetic of the movie is really fascinating to me because they do go this does not look like your traditional um disney animation and it could be the influence of the orlando uh team doing this as opposed to any influence from the los angeles team um, but it, you know, I mean, the curvatures of the faces, mm-hmm. um, the way they did it definitely has a Chinese influence to it. Um, there was a which, couple times I was wondering if it was rotoscoped because of oh. the way the faces were, there was a couple of angles where Mulan actually looked like the actress who was playing her. Huh. Ming now in. Yeah. Yeah. Who I love, by the way. Oh, of um, course. Uh, I was like, oh, could she sing? And then I realized, yeah, no, she can't. But no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they do it. It's a pretty seamless transition. Between oh, yeah. When she speaks and when she sings. Yeah. Which sometimes that's not always the case. But uh, um, uh, any any uh, any other characters or or anything aspects of the movie that uh, that stood out for you, Ashley? Um, yeah, uh, Mulan is my favorite character from the movie. She stood out to me definitely when I was watching this movie as a kid, just because um, I feel like we're continuing to get more and more of the stronger female characters. So I thought she was a great role model, someone that was good for me to see as a kid being strong and smart, but also like being who you are and not compromising that. So I think that's a great message for um, kids to watch. Uh, another reason this movie is kind of special to me, I'm going to do a little bit of a self shout out here is that I was really excited. I got to interview one of the animators on this movie when I came to Dragon Con a couple years ago, uh, Tom Bancroft. I got right. to talk a, a little bit about him more behind the scenes. So 
as I was rewatching the movie, that made me smile to think of that time when I got to meet with him and he, how he worked on the design for Mushu actually. So that, that gives the movie a little bit more of an extra special feel, just getting to meet one of the people who work behind the scenes. To Tony? Tony? I believe that's brother. his brother. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Tom is, uh, Tom is a great guy. I, um, uh, I, I, I had, he was a table neighbor of mine at, a, at MomoCon a few years. Oh, that's cool. And uh, yeah, he's done amazing work for Disney. Um, I want to get back to what you said about um, Mulan as a character. I mean, we get, we see now, I mean, certainly it's not uncommon now to see action women, right? And, and, and starring roles in uh, action movies and, and whatnot. But back then, maybe it wasn't so much the case. And with this and with Pocahontas, it seemed like Disney was trying, right, the, to change the the Disney princess image a little bit, right? Yes, and and I do appreciate it. There's probably you know definitely ways that they could do that do it better, and as they continue to improve. But through the Disney Renaissance, just seeing characters how they change a little bit, like even like Princess Jasmine in Aladdin, even though she's not the main character she is allowed to speak her mind and play a little bit more of an active role in the story. So it really is interesting to look at these so-called Disney Renaissance era films as a group and start to see some of the changes in the styles and some of the groundwork they uh, laid for the work today. Because in some ways the film does feel a little bit dated. Like you can tell this is a 90s animated film, but there are other things about it that make it still feel very fresh and timely. So that was cool that they were kind of ahead of the curve on some of that. Yeah, there was times where I definitely felt like, oh, this is a, a 90s movie because of the score, uh, because of the, the, the music. I was like, yep. and I really, I wish they, I kind of wish they'd gone a little bit more and embraced the uh, Asian-ness of it a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Another one, I keep mentioning the bonus stuff, but the bonus stuff was fascinating to me. And they mentioned that they had a uh, uh, sort of a puppet um, a Chinese puppet um, intro that they had sort of uh, designed to show like sort of what the status of China was at the time and the history of the wall and everything. But then they ultimately scrapped it because it wasn't, uh, they didn't feel like it was necessary to the plot. And I'm like, that would have been amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. I would have loved that. <laughs> I think that there are things that they could have done to bring the culture even more into the movie and kind of lay the groundwork for some of the, like you were talking about like the history and the legends give us a little bit more of a flavor. I would have gladly watched like a couple minute like intro that kind of sets the stage. And especially since we've already talked about like it's such a short movie anyway, you could have easily folded in a little more. As far as American audiences go, I mean, we all know that there's a big wall in China. Right. How many people know what, why it's there, you know? Yeah. That would have been, you know, granted, I wouldn't trust entirely trust disney's telling me of why it's there but no, <laughs> neither, no, no. neither should i matt damon uh, a movie yeah. with matt damon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> disney disney's version of the wall would involve an ant dropping a seed and then wishing and the next day it grew into a giant wall it's you know it's funny i think we all agree that uh, i think they could have that we all we all think they could have leaned more into the the a the asian influence mm-hmm. on this yeah. do you guys realize that that uh, uh uh danny elfman almost scored this thing yeah i saw that yeah hmm. i mean they, i'm they just got, like they got that's, uh, i want to hear that score oh god yes <laughs> i don't want to I mean, see that movie but i want to hear that score <laughs> 
They got, uh, they got, I was really shocked to see Jerry Goldsmith's name associated with it, really, because I mean, that, I mean, you can't get a better score than that, really, in my opinion. Um, and, and his score is pretty good in those. Uh, I did really appreciate that as well. I, again, it's weird when you've got someone doing the score who's not really part of the one who's doing the the team that's doing the musical numbers. So sometimes it doesn't Mm -hmm. match up that well, but, um, you know, it didn't uh, take me out of it too much. So, uh, Alex, what about you? Something else about the Mulan? You know, um, I, you have to look at the cast, the, the cast overall, because um, you've got some some heavyweight names uh, behind the scenes. We've mentioned Pat Morita. We've mentioned George Takei. Um, well, they uh, certainly went out of their way to see if they could get like a lot of the like bigger known Asian names, right? Yes, oh, like Harvey Firestein in June Foray. <laughs> so um, that's so wrong. Yeah, um, uh, you know, and and the fact that Miguel Ferrer, who is known for playing bad guys, like strong bad guys, like RoboCop bad guys. Um, and of uh, course, the great. phenomenal, phenomenal, underappreciated Disney movie, Blank Check. Um, oh, John, I'm not joking about that. Y'all should see that movie. It's on Disney Plus. Um, you know, these are, you know, I mean, he, he's great in that role. But, you know, you take a look at the strength of uh, James Hong. Uh, in this movie, as well as other films that he would do later, he's Poe's dad in Kung Fu Panda, and he's in this movie, mm-hmm. and it just makes me appreciate him all the more. Of course, um, but yeah, I mean, you just—I mean, I, I love the fact that they did go strong, leaned well into uh, getting as many uh, Asian voice actors as they could. But that being said. Love me some June Foray. Um, as this the was grandmother, of, she was as awesome. the grandma. She, this was one of her last ones too, because she did this one and she did uh, she did uh, Hunchback. That's and, true, and and uh, I think that was it for her. I think Hunchback she's, may have been her last one. She's got to be legend status, right? Oh, oh God, she's, yes. she's she's Mount Rushmore for voice for voice actresses. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, she's so, got to be like there. Yeah, she's first ballot Hall of Famer, totally. She's the Peyton Manning of her job. Oh, God, yes. Uh, You know, um, it's interesting to see, like, especially when you match up the voices with the the actors, with the characters they're playing. And sometimes their voice is great, but you just can't imagine the if the actual actor was in that role like for example bd wong i cannot imagine him no as, as he, like it just wouldn't fit but he's perfect there um and you know his singing voice sounds like donny osmond so um a lot like <laughs> a lot like <laughs> strange coincidence there it's just amazing. amazing you would not think that uh bd could uh to pull off an osmond but there you go so is he a little bit country or a little bit no, rock no. and roll he's, he's a little bit rock, rock and roll, and roll. okay yeah. okay yeah, just making it's, sure it's yeah, it's interesting mulan got a resurgence because of the internet really uh and because of memes because I don't know what it is about 20-somethings, but they love the song Let's Get Down to Business. Um, and, and it's that opening portion. Um, and there's memes all over the place about it. Hmm. And like I had forgotten the song completely until cruising through the internet one day. 
and hitting upon it and going, oh yeah, that's that song that from from Mulan. Um, and I see it everywhere now, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, the first thing I hear anytime someone says, "Let's get down to business," my first thought is to defeat the odds. <laughs> <laughs> but that song is a lot smarter uh, than they let on, because the very next line is, "Did they bring me daughters when I asked for sons?" And I'm like, that's the entire plot of the movie right there. Yeah, absolutely. 100% the entire plot of the movie. And I love that. I love that because she's disguising herself and he's singing, I'll make a man out of you. And I'm just like, oh, so many things making my mind blown on this one. Yeah. The songs are, a lot of them are very clever, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, If they weren't, if they did, like like I said, they didn't completely win me over, but I did... um, I did respect the cleverness of some of them. Yeah. Um, has this one been put on as a play yet? No. D- don't no. think so. No. Okay. I don't think it was a no. musical. No. No, I, I was. You know, I could see. I could see them trying, or I could see them doing something like that. You know, they've had great success with a lot of their others, but um, when... uh, you know, to put. It, I think I was also surprised that. Um, there's about three songs in this maybe four and that's about it right i thought it was kind of short on the the song like at the end i thought there was gonna be some big number but (laughs) nope it just ends (laughs) well it ends in a great way though because the father is like look the only thing i cared about is having you as my daughter um which is a convenient thing to say after she's you know defeated the huns and you know, save China. <laughs> true, true. Darn convenient. Yes. <laughs> but um, you know, I I think <clears throat> it's uh there's a lot of stuff in the movie that sneaks in and because of that makes it a lot of entertainment. There's a there's a moment in which the uh 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 should uh Shen Yu uh, tells the emperor to bow mm-hmm. and he says the mighty oak will not bow for a simple breeze right and i'm just like you know that is the coldest thing you could say to somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. i want you to bow no, no. how about that <laughs> not just no <laughs> yeah like, no. simply yeah. no <laughs> no exactly <laughs> he basically just called him like you know a wind he did. He, he straight up said, <laughs> <you know. laughs> "Make of that what you will." Yeah. Uh, Mike, what about you? Any any uh, anything else about Milan that uh, caught your eye, caught your attention? Just a lot of the beauty when they did touch on Chinese culture. It was it was just it was beautiful, and it was like seeing you know a lot of because they went very quickly from the light and beauty to the dark real quick. And there were some amazing cuts with that. And I thought that captured a lot of what the movie was about, the two different sides of Mulan. One of the most amazing scenes was when she was looking into at the temple and she was wiping the makeup off her face. And it had part of it was the white 
and the other part with the white from the makeup and then the other was a regular half mm -hmm. you could see it was her two sides and that's what this whole movie was about mm -hmm. and everything it's like right there the sequence when she um decides to the to, to leave mm -hmm. um no words mm -mm. just pure beautiful disney animation mm -hmm. like disney at its best like that sequence where she makes the decision you know she watches her her parents arguing uh through that uh you know um asian window you know uh, uh, silhouette right um and and makes the decision and cuts her hair and and all that it's just like it just says so much without having to mm -hmm. speak at all. It's amazing. It's really powerful. And that shot where you see her reflection in the sword, just so cool. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Exactly. Um, exactly right. Um, the there was a director video prequel uh, sequel, Milan Two. Uh, has anybody seen this? Cricket. cricket. <laughs> I I have seen it. Okay. Oh. Is, it, is it is it got the direct to video stink that most? <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. I I would maybe call it a guilty pleasure. I remember enjoying it, but I don't know that it was um, anything that I would necessarily recommend. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like direct to video. That's that's kind of what you should expect. It was interesting for them to replace the voice of Mulan with Dan Castanella. Um, so, no. Wow. <laughs> I'll just wait for the Aladdin wow. joke to kick yeah, yeah. in. Yeah, That's, a, that's just going to sit there. Yeah, uh, it's just not going to move anywhere. <laughs> no. You know, it was coming out of my mouth, and I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I know, I, you know, Disney loves to, you know, do the direct. At that time, they were all about the direct video yeah. sequels. Um, so it wasn't, you know, but... But I think almost in every case they were not um, they were not satisfying, um, um, and you know then they'd go on further and like some of them actually got like like cartoons and series and stuff like that. Uh, Milan seemed to sort of stop after the sequel, I think. Right, really did. Yep. And I don't know, um, Alex. You might be able to speak on this a little bit. Um, are there is Milan represented in any of the parks very well? Uh, the there there uh, has been in the past. In fact, when Mulan came out, um, there used to be at MGM Studios before it was Hollywood Studios, right? Um, a a motor a motorcade parade, um, which instead of doing giant floats and everything, they would do uh, special cars and and drive them through. But for Mulan, the actual last thing they did was a giant. A balloon like float and it was the rocket with Shen Yu strapped to it hmm. uh, and that was the big finale but you would have Mushu uh, and, and Mulan waving from cars as it went by Mushu uh, I don't know if he still does but used to have a meet and greet uh, area in the China exhibit at Epcot I was going to say when I went to Epcot a couple of years ago, I they had Mulan character as available that okay. you could get your picture taken with her. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's good to see. Uh, I would I would also think with you know the new movie coming out, they would 
do a little bit more promotion. As they'll, well. they'll definitely ramp it up. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what characters uh, they'll put. Obviously, uh, you know, because you don't have a Mushu mm-hmm. uh, with this one. And he's definitely kind of trailed back into the um, we'll bring him out every once in a while as a surprise character uh, when they do a, uh, a character Palooza event. And that's when they'll get like six or seven characters out and they'll just be in one spot and you can just go to all of them. Hmm. Um, yeah. So it looks like pretty much though um, stopped and in, in with the direct to video sequel. Um, are all those available on Disney plus as well? Uh, yeah, I guess Mulan you know that- is. I, I know that I know that I guess you know that the direct video sequels are not as good when uh, the movie ends on Disney Plus and it doesn't immediately go to you might also like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so it's like, hmm, I guess I have to hunt for that. Because um, uh, my understanding is it had most of the same cast, right? Yeah, kind of, sort of. There's like some of the bigger names, like weren't there but overall like the main characters were yeah gotcha. yeah i don't see uh eddie i'm looking at the cast list of the uh, of mon 2 and i don't see yeah it's uh um mark mosley mm. is uh it plays mushu in the in so they couldn't get yeah. eddie back uh, but it's Ming-Na Wen, B.D. Wong, Lucy Liu, and Sandra Oh are actually voices. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I just like to point out that Dan Cancinella joke just kind of hit real quick when Ed <laughs> Murphy's not in the sequel. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Kwan also is a voice in the sequel. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, they, they upped the Asian celebrity score on the sequel, I guess. <laughs> what I found was interesting in the Chinese version of it that uh, the captain, Lai Shang, was played by Jackie Chan in yep. the feature film. Yeah, yeah I saw oh, that. That's that was cool. cool. Yeah. Um, oh, very cool. Um, as far as the uh, live action, does does the cartoon, seeing the animated uh, version, uh, get you more excited to see the live action, less excited, or where you are now? Ashley, for you, this is a, a you know a big film of your childhood. Uh, you mentioned that this is a big sort of influence for you. Uh, are you nervous about a live action remake? I'm really not because I, I'm actually pretty excited that they look like they're taking it in a really different direction. Like it's one of those where I don't want to see the same thing again. Whereas I thought like with the Lion King live action, it was way too close to the original. I want to see them kind of tell a fresh story, show us some things we haven't seen before. So what I've seen from the previews, it looks like it's going to be, uh, a cool story and i'm excited to see what they keep what they change and hopefully we'll get to see it before too long here absolutely alex what about you uh, where do you stand on on uh, anticipation for i just want to go back to the movies <laughs> same, i same. really do any um, movie i don't almost care at this point like i just want to see a movie in the theater with a bucket of popcorn i'll i'll go back and see treasure of the four crowns in 3d again man that's a <laughs> wow um, yeah um and I Ashley, hated that Ashley, movie. Yeah, yeah. I just want to walk into a room and smell the, the smell of popcorn. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. that's, that's what I miss. Yeah. I was actually looking forward to this. I, I thought the previews uh, that I saw for it were really, really good. Um, the fact that this live action movie was not 
taking was not remaking an animated film that was so heavy on music um to, to as its main character uh because there aren't a whole lot of songs sung during it um really made me go okay so i'm not going to be sitting there watching the movie go and here we go into this song mm-hmm. um i was really looking forward to that i'm it was one of the few live actioners that I was like, I'm very curious to see how they pull it off. And the trailer looked terrific. I was really looking forward to it. Um, there was a guy on IMDb who reviewed it, who apparently was not looking forward to it. But that aside, um, I think that, I, I think this would have been a really cool one to see. And I'm, I'm hoping, because right now it's completely off the, off the books. Um, it is not listed at all. And as we know, there's now talk that it might not make it to the big screen and might go just straight to Disney plus. Um, I feel like that's going to be a disservice to the film. I do think that um, there was some concern that, you know, with the success that they've had on a lot of their uh, live action remakes have being so successful. I mean, we were surprised all four of us were surprised, shocked that Aladdin did as well as it did last year. Um, and, and yet, um, you know, the, the original Mulan is no Aladdin and, and would the live action one be any, you know, live action Aladdin? Would it meet, would it meet those expectations? Um, I would imagine that, you know, if you had to bet probably unlikely. Yeah. Uh, but Mike, where do you stand on, on seeing the live action version? I was like with everybody else, I was looking forward to seeing it. And especially at that point, cause I had not seen the animated version. And so I was very curious about how it was going to match up to the story. If it was going to be more historical, the action scenes and some of the character scenes just looked amazing. And because I had seen the preview for, the live action I, when I was watching the animated version, I expected the whole time that bird to turn into a witch. Hmm. And I was actually a little disappointed with it, that it wasn't because I thought that was a neat concept, mm-hmm. especially because of how she was acting in the animated version, like, you know, revealing where people were or, you know, scouting out or, you know, stuff like that. I thought, oh, there has to be like a human mind or something in there. And, you know, it was just, oh, it's a trained bird. It didn't go into anything else than that. But, you know, I enjoyed it. I was looking forward to the live action movie. And, you know, people were bitching and moaning because Mushu was not going to be in the live action one. You know, I could have lived without Mushu being in the animated one. But I think we all said that pretty much tonight. And so I thought I was, I'll watch it when it comes out either on Disney plus on the big screen. And I'm looking forward to reviewing it with you guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I definitely am looking forward to it. No matter how it's released. Um, I, I, I hope that, uh, you know, we can fit it into our schedule to review it all together. Um, it was great, uh, seeing it, the animated one. Um, I'm looking forward to it as well. In some cases, I think I'm, I was more excited even though I hadn't seen the animated version, um, I I don't see a lot of them, but I've I've had a really good time in the past watching 
um, Chinese epic movies, especially ones that are are from uh, made in China. Uh, of course, there was a huge renaissance with that, with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, and uh, the movies sort of that followed um, um, with uh, with that kind of style. Uh, Hero is a great movie as well uh, from that time period. Um, and uh, there's a few others that are just amazing. And and um, I was kind of hoping that that Mulan would be in that vein, right? In that style. Um, and it seemed like they were going out of their way to stay a little truer to the source material, which I appreciated as well. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, uh, and however format it comes out. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking about it with you guys. It's uh, always a great time. So unfortunately our, our segment here has come to an end, but uh uh, we will be right back to close out the show. Welcome to a Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this Geek Girl is talking about Animal Crossing New Horizons. So on March 20th, Animal Crossing New Horizons came out for the Nintendo Switch. This game has been highly anticipated, and fans were super excited for it including me. I was ready to see all my old friends like Isabel and even be in more debt to Tom Nook. This game so far has been an absolute joy. You inhabit your own island where you have to make it look like a wonderful home to new villagers. You start out with two villagers to populate and then you go up from there with more villagers visiting and settling in. You make a campsite, you go fishing and bug hunting, and you can visit your friends' islands to see what fruits they have and see how they have styled their own islands. My friends and I have been visiting each other's islands while also talking on Skype, so we can have an even bigger level of interaction with it. You also have a lot of side quests, like a ghost that will visit your island, the museum where you collect bugs, fossils, and fish for, and Gulliver, a seagull who will wash up on your island from time to time and you have to help. So far, there has been so much to do in this game, and it is a wonderful, time-consuming miracle. Well, and also, the music is super soothing and wonderful to listen to, so that's a plus as well. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here. Ashley, thank you so much. It's wonderful to see you. Oh, I know. Yes, I'm excited. My uh, technology is working tonight. So that's always a win. It's awesome. And what do you got a shout out about tonight? Um, my shout out that um, I just wanted to mention that uh, during these times when a lot of cons and things like that are being canceled, stores are closed, it's important to remember to support indie artists, writers, 
uh, local businesses as much as you can. Like, I, I know it's hard times, but if you can, like order takeout from a favorite local restaurant, um, see if you can order a book from a local bookstore online. Um, find an artist that was going to be at a con you wanted to go to and purchase a print from them. Um, I got like a little crochet pattern from Etsy from a vendor and I'm making that craft to kind of help pass the time. But um, yeah, this is, it's really hard. I know a lot of people rely on cons for their livelihood. And as the future looks uncertain, just kind of do what you can to help out those people because we're all in this together and there's still some people who are doing some great work out there. That is awesome. I definitely yeah. wholly support everyone. Who absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I have to say, uh, checking out your Crochet Ray Skywalkers, uh, those are pretty awesome. Thanks. I That has been more helpful for my mental health than I could have realized. Like, the world may be burning out there, but I'm just going through, like, slowly counting my stitches and... It, stuff like that helps. So um, thank you to the people who are out there still still doing stuff to eat, keep us entertained, podcasting, writing, all that kind of stuff. So that, that kind of thing helps. That is awesome. Totally understand that. And Alex, of course. Always a pleasure. Love getting the opportunity to, to talk with everybody. Uh, always have a great time uh, talking with Ashley. I think she's one of the smartest, brightest minds uh, in movies. And it's always a pleasure to get to talk with her. Thanks. Same yeah. to you. Same to you. Thank you. Anything you're going to shout out about, or was that your shout out right there? No, no, I'm, I'm absolutely going to take a moment. Um, I'm going to, I am going to jump on uh, to what she had indicated. Um, at this time, especially uh, in times where, when our backs are to the wall, that is usually when some of the best art is created. Um, and art is what keeps us sane. It's what keeps us uh, uh, from becoming uh, rabid monkeys. And, um, and there are times when, when great independents do need assistance. Um, I have been a rabid uh, uh, supporter of Southern Honor Wrestling, which next Friday on April 10th will be hosting a, an empty show. And they have called upon their fans to pitch in. Um, normally their tickets are $10. They're saying if you could spare it, put the money in. 100% of any money raised goes to the wrestlers on the show. No wow. Else. That is awesome. Um, I have proudly gone ahead and sponsored a match myself um, because it's the least that I can do for these guys. They have been entertaining me for over a year now. Um, and they're putting their show Southern honor wrestling 19 on YouTube for free. Wow. And they'll put it on there on Saturday the 11th. So they will put it on the next night. So you guys have heard me talk about Southern Honor Wrestling a lot. If you want the opportunity to actually see what I've been talking about, you'll be able to see it for free on YouTube and Facebook. That is awesome. Thanks. I think that's fantastic. That is really cool. And Mr. Mike. As always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, uh, like I said, you know, we said at the top of the show, so many folks are doing so many positive things. Uh, I want to point out one um, indie publisher in particular that uh, it's just blowing me away. Um, TKO, Studio, TKO Studios. I want to make sure I pronounce them right. Uh, TKO Studios. Uh, they're a relatively newish uh, comic company. 
Um, I don't think they're usually available in Diamond. They got their own distribution. Um, but uh, they are producing some great, great comics, uh, some great uh, graphic novels. I have purchased over the last year or so uh, five of them. I've read four of them, and they are excellent um, with great talent, uh, great uh, well-known talent behind them. Jeff Lemire has actually written one of them. Uh, he's one of my favorite writers. But um, in this time where uh, comic shops are struggling, uh, they have decided that uh, if anybody orders uh, any of their books uh, online through TKO Studio, uh, Studios uh, during checkout at tkopresents.com, you can select a local comic shop and they will send 50% of that purchase price to the store. So uh, to that store of your choice. So that's pretty amazing. So I would suggest, uh, you know, checking out your local comic store. If you're interested in, in one of their titles, see if they can order it for you uh, and go through them. But if that's not an option for you, then go through tkopresents.com and uh, select your store. And like I said, they will send uh, half of the proceeds to that store to help out. So that's really incredible. And uh, I wish more comic publishers were doing more to help that industry because it really is, uh, is one of the ones that's suffering, but uh, you know, that's, it's good to see that there are some folks like that. No, totally understand that. And it's great to help support local artists and comic shops and small businesses. Like we've all been saying, you know, all these people need support. They don't have backup systems. A lot of them. I know even some restaurants are doing, you know, like GoFundMes and such to help pay their staff while they're not working and such. Folks, this is our time. If you have the means, please, please, please step up. And, you know, purposely, I know you might have noticed, I didn't really mention the Patreon at the beginning of this episode because... Yeah, we could use the money and everything, but there's so many more people out there who are more needy than the ESO network. You know, I would love to have more subscribers to our Patreon, more people putting, you know, even a dollar a month or something. But there's so many other people who are in more need. And please, folks, also don't forget the animal shelters and places like that. They need our help. All those places, hospitals. You know, doctors, you know, all these people who are being selfless, putting themselves not just in danger, but, you know, putting themselves, you know, their lives at risk to help save us. But, you know, all these places that you don't even think about, you know, people who are waiters and waitresses, librarians, you know, stock people, you know, when, and when I say stock people, I don't mean stockbrokers and stuff. I mean, stock people who stock the shelves and people who work behind the scenes and such, they need our help too. And if there's any way that you could possibly do it, this is the time when we show that we're a bunch of great people. This is our chance to be able to stand up and say, Hey, this is what I want to do to help. And it could be something as little as stopping by your mom and pop restaurant who are doing carry out um, up to your car or something, or they have a drive through or something help support them. They needed it just as much. I, when I went driving on Saturday, the other day, I mentioned it earlier in the show, there are stores going out of business. There are places that are no longer there because they can't survive this. 
let's put a halt to that. You know, if we want to have these places that we know and love here when this is all over, this is what we need to do. We need to help support. And I know the ESO audience is great for that. And I know Earth Station One, you know, we're a big family and we consider you guys who listen to us a big family. And this is what we, you know, want to check about. And, you know, we're going to be coming to you. We do this for free. We do this because we want to help you guys. We want to humor you. We want to make make things a little bit lighter and such. And we're going to be coming weekly. We're not giving this up. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we bring a little bit of light to you guys. And that's all we want to do. And let's keep it going, folks. And that's all I can say. For behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Gordon, from Alex Autry, Ashley Pauls, thank you guys so much for listening to us tonight. We'll see you here next time on Earth Station One. Peace. And we're done. Boom. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.